Experiencing the Vayus, Exploring the Inner Cosmos through Antarang Yoga, Part 2 Vayu as the breath, vehicle of intimacy with the body, mind and spirit. Before we get into the 10 Vayus, let us dwell on the word subtle. Dwelling means to reside, to live inside something. That is why a home is also called a dwelling. When you hear things like, you don't have to prove anything, just be. What does it mean? Whether it is a farmhouse or a villa, an apartment or a hostel, we are most comfortable in what we consider our home. Home is where we feel free to be ourselves. Home is where I am most comfortable with being who I am. At home, we may do lots of purposeless activity without any goals or targets. The reward is in the doing itself. It makes us feel so good just sitting, looking at nothing in particular, and we unwind and feel energized, reclining on a couch or sitting on the steps or walking in the lawn. This is called dwelling. Dwelling means existence, isness. Maybe we are trained to believe that to learn, to understand, to change, activity is required. But milk changes to curd in complete stillness. A banyan tree emerges from the seed in complete stillness. A rose blooms, a baby grows in the womb, all without any supervision or action. So there are a few concepts we need to understand and for that to happen, we will keep revisiting them from different angles. We will dwell on them. We will live inside them. Dwelling on something is to understand it. Let us now dwell on the word subtle. Subtle means something that is fine, delicate, not obvious. Let us slowly start living inside the word subtle, 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 so that the subtle inner world slowly becomes clear and always present. In yoga, mind and body are seen as extensions of each other. Mind is subtle body and body is gross mind. An easy way to understand it is to see the relationship between an event, its memory, the recollection of it and the feelings that follow. Say we got stuck in a street waiting for a cab and there are no cabs and it's raining. It's cold and we are shivering and we are missing someone dear. And we think of a happy moment we had shared with that person and we cry. And as the tears flow, a feeling of warmth arises, we forget about the cold rain. A subtle event inside, a moment of thought, created a different experience. Though it still continues to rain and there is no taxi in sight. We can refer to the body directly, but we cannot refer to the mind directly. But we can refer to the mind by its activities or movements and by the effects these movements produce. 
There is another phenomenon that is very important to observe here. When we start investigating the mind, it begins to thin out. And if we persist, it vanishes. When we remain still and watch all activities of the mind, thoughts, feelings, when we start doing this, gaps occur. Intervals occur between thoughts, where there is no mental activity. And in those intervals where the mind is absent, the breath also ceases. In yoga, this state is called Keval Kumbhak, absence of the movement of breath. In our daily experience, this happens in moments of passion, in moments of wonder, moments of insight, mystery, beauty, and in moments of love. That is why there are phrases like, You take my breath away. Oh, she leaves me breathless. Oh my God, that waterfall is breathtaking. Hold your breath. Look at this. It also happens in moments of single-pointedness. If we try to breathe normally and put a thread through a sewing needle, we can't. We have to hold the breath to put it in. A shooter holds the breath at the moment of pressing the trigger. The archer holds his breath at the moment of releasing the arrow. Keval Kumbhak also corresponds to a state of no movement of thoughts. It is also called entering the cave of the heart. Because that is the relationship between the mind and the heart. The king lion sits still in the cave, aware of the happenings of the whole world as the king should be. And the baby lion goes out into the woods, cheerful, wanting to explore playfully, bullying birds and all the animals smaller than his size. Even playing with the baby boar, and getting bullied and running away from the baby elephant. The baby lion, through the course of the morning, has many experiences, some happy, some scary, and he is mentally disturbed by it all. But when he comes back to the cave, he is safe and feels a great sense of peace and joy on being united with the Lion King. This is the relationship between the mind and the heart. It is said that when the mind rests in the heart, that resting is its natural state of peace. It is called Ananda. And it corresponds to the state of Keval Kumbhak, absence of the movement of the breath. Ananda is not a dry state of non-activity, it is a state of joy. And it is the doorway to Paramananda, bliss. We will talk about this later once we have understood the Vayus. All masters of Antarang Yoga have always taught the science of the breath. For this one reason that when the breath stops, mind seems to disappear and when the mind disappears, breath also ceases. Breath is Vayu in its gross form, which we can experience easily anytime, anywhere, and always. The natural quality of breath is movement and yoga is nothing but all that happens in the process of seizing that movement of the breath called Keval Kumbhak. So the journey of Vayu begins with observing the movement of the breath. Now 
during any activity, during asana, and while we sit with closed eyes. The journey of understanding and experiencing the vayus is about intimacy. Breath is the vehicle of this intimacy. And the moments with, when breath spontaneously ceases are the climaxes of this intimacy. Vayu as a breath will itself show us the way to its very subtle core. Preparation for the coming of the Vayus Understanding the five dimensions of experience according to yoga The apple is best eaten soon as it is plucked. The later we eat it, the less fresh it gets. What do we mean by fresh? Fresh means 100% prana. When we consume food, we are ultimately consuming prana. The more prana in a particular food, the better it is. When you process food, the level of freshness or prana reduces with every step of processing, so ultimately they have less potential to nourish the body and greater levels of toxins. Can we live just with food? What about nourishment for the heart and the soul? They get nourishment through our sensory experiences and mental impressions. And here too, there are some experiences and impressions which are more nourishing and some which are less. And like in food, some are toxic. Food is our gross nourishment and sensory experience and mental impressions are the subtle nourishments. Subtle body in yoga language is called Sukshma Sharir and gross body is called Sthul Sharir. So the subtle body or Sukshma Sharir also goes through a subtle process of ingestion, digestion and elimination and the different Vayus take care of these tasks. Finally, before we get down to the 10 Vayus, let us understand how yoga anatomy looks at the gross and subtle bodies. Yoga theory says the human body is composed of five kosha. Now friends, another rule of understanding the subtle dimension is that there will be always many meanings. And at one point, one meaning will be more valid more than the others. Why? Because it is subtle. Sukshma. Sukshma is not only subtle, it is also delicate, latent, abstract. It also has a little uncertainty. Sometimes when we hear music, a song that touches the heart or a photograph, or when we feel a wave of immense gratitude or love, we say, what I feel cannot be expressed in words. Words are definitions, but expressions are deeper, closer to the truth. Words fail, that is why we have tears, laughter and different kinds of sounds to express what a thousand words may not be able to express. The subtle is in many more dimensions than the gross. So as we enter the subtle, we will always talk of many aspects of a word or a concept or an experience or an understanding. Kosha means sheaths, layers, dimensions. Kosha also means a treasury or a vault, a container. And according to yoga physiology, we are made up of five kosha. We experience life through these five kosha. 
and in these five dimensions each of them are subtler and subtler manifestations of the play of the two principles of creation consciousness which is called purusha and energy which is called prakriti their many different interactions create all the dimensions or the kosha annamaya kosha the first of the five kosha is gross what we easily experience it is the annamaya kosha or the physical body composed of matter anna means food and maya means full of so annamaya kosha is that body or dimension which is made up of the food we consume the body is a great machine that converts food into blood muscles bones organs it is this body that modern science biology physiology and anatomy study much of modern medicine is restricted to this level the annamaya kosha asana practice has a huge impact on this dimension or sheath and a much lesser impact on the other sheaths pranamaya kosha the next four kosha are subtle and each one is subtler than the other pranamaya kosha is the dimension of the prana or energy body which is subtle so we do not see this normally with our eyes but it is not so subtle that it cannot be seen under special conditions as we develop greater awareness and sensitivity this layer can be seen the pranamaya kosha is now widely studied by scientists as it can be captured by some machines and the energy body is called the aura tiny energy currents called nadi and their junctions called chakra together make up for the pranamaya kosha this dimension is very busy and has been mapped by the yogis extensively it is said that there are 72000 nadis of which 14 are considered very important and of them three are key ida pingala and sushumna which are like the master controls only two nadis the ida and the pingala can be directly influenced through pranayama but they control practically the whole body the nadis are subtle energy currents with certain functions many nadis meet to form a chakra for example there is a major junction at the heart called the anahata chakra which has around 101 nadis like this there are seven important chakras which take care of different functions of the body this is a vast subject and we will get into the details in a different chapter here we need to know that if we work through pranayama including the powerful nadi shodhan pranayama the pranayama that cleanses the nadis and techniques like shakti sanchar or circulating the energy throughout the body and chakra bhedan which is developing the awareness of the chakras we can develop great control over the annamaya kosha also and at the same time we remove any blocks to the flow of energy currents and energize every single cell of the body preparing it to enter deeper levels of awareness manomaya kosha the manomaya kosha or the mental body is more subtle in the yoga paradigm the manomaya kosha is a very powerful dimension 
it consists of manas and buddhi manas is the thinking mind the processor it processes all thoughts and sensory impressions that it receives it is through the manas that we interact with the external world it analyzes data it is the data center without any decision making power it is the rational machine side of our being manas is a factor in us that raises questions has doubts will keep bugging you with logical questions till it gets a clear direction on its own it has no answers buddhi is supposed to provide the answers buddhi is the master of manas the factor of discrimination and in the sequence of creation buddhi is very close to the source buddhi in that sense is something we acquire after we have developed true discrimination knowledge wisdom buddhi is the one giving orders to manas so when we are not wise our judgment is clouded and the thinking faculty gets the wrong directives from manas and we get things wrong we suffer vijinnamaya kosha the vijinnamaya kosha is also called the psychic body or the dimension of knowledge and wisdom so knowledge here is not treated as something we acquire it is a dimension of our being it is there in this layer as archetypes archetypes are subtle formations which are embedded in our being since creation if we say that every atom has all of creation in it then it is through archetypes that this knowledge is embedded inside us and that dimension is called the psyche it is the vijinnamaya kosha as per the yoga concept vijinnamaya kosha is composed of chitta and ahamkara chitta is the collection of everything where the archetypes exist as habits past impressions knowledge everything is here it's like a hard disk only it is not neutral it influences the functioning of the whole being and so when we talk of deep rooted disorders habits powerful personality traits whether they are positive or negative getting rid of them we are talking about getting free of personality itself and that work is to be done here in the chitta in yantra we work very intensely on this dimension ahamkara is the emergence of the i feeling of me being separate sometimes we get into such a deep sleep where our brain is producing theta waves which are very low frequency waves this sleep is so deep that if we happen to come out of it in an instant for a few moments we do not even know that we exist then slowly the feeling of i exist comes that is ahamkara emerging only after this does the awareness of i am so and so and this is my name comes anandamaya kosha anandamaya kosha is the most subtle it is said that the five layers are like an onion and as you become aware of each it is like the peeling of an onion till there is nothing left 
Anandamaya Kosha is the innermost, the most subtle. It is the dimension of the spirit. Ananda is joy. And when it is heightened, it is bliss. The idea is that we get aware of the subtler dimensions. It is a journey of developing ease with the asana, energy and vitality with pranayama, clarity and discrimination with pratyahara, relief from the binds of personality with dharana and dhyan, and move upwards towards the ultimate realization of paramananda or the ultimate bliss by entering deeper and deeper states of samadhi. In this way, yoga can be seen as a process of involution that culminates in a realization of the very source within our own being. So yoga journey is the kindling of what is called the bodhik swarup or the knowledge body which has the quality of purity, witnessing and bliss. So in this segment, we have seen how the body is organized according to the yoga paradigm. We are now in a good position to understand how the vayus work as the igniter, mover and shaker of this whole matrix, all the five bodies. To summarize, the physical is only one of the five dimensions of our being. We experience all the dimensions through our energy, thoughts, feelings, deeper states of relaxation and experiences of joy and insight. This happens anyway. We now have a map. We can see the extent and depth of our being. It is indeed as vast and deep as the universe itself. We have also seen that there is a way to experience the subtle. And it's actually more about being aware than about labor. We are now ready to enter the subject of the ten vayus. Loads of love, Bharat Thakur.